The Jungle Book, Part 6 In the cold lairs, the monkey people were not thinking of Mowgli's friends at all. They had brought the boy to the lost city and were very pleased with themselves for the time. Mowgli had never seen an Indian city before, and though this was almost a heap of ruins, it seemed very wonderful and splendid. Some king had built it long ago on a little hill. He could still trace the stone causeways that led up to the ruined gates, where the last splinters of wood hung to the worn, rusted hinges. Trees had grown into and out of the walls, and the battlements were tumbled down and decayed, and the wild creepers hung out of the windows of the towers and walls in bushy hanging clumps. A great roofless palace crowned the hill, and the marble of the courtyards and the fountains was split and stained with red and green, and the very cobblestones in the courtyard where the king's elephants used to live had been thrust up and apart by the grasses and young trees. From the palace you could see the rows and rows of roofless houses that made up the city, looking like empty honeycombs filled with blackness, the shapeless block of stone that had been an idol in the square where the four roads met, the pits and dimples at street corners where the public wells once stood, and the shattered domes of temples with wild figs sprouting on their sides. The monkeys called the place their city and pretended to despise the jungle people because they lived in the forest. And yet, they never knew what the buildings were made for, nor how to use them. They would sit in circles on the hall of the king's council chamber and scratch for fleas and pretend to be men. Or they would run in and out of the roofless houses and collect pieces of plaster and old bricks in a corner and forget where they had hidden them, and fight and cry in scuffing crowds and then break off and play up and down the terraces of the king's garden, where they would shake the rose trees and the oranges in the sport to see if the fruit and flowers fell. They explored all the passages and the dark tunnels and the palace of the hundreds of little dark rooms, but they never remembered what they had seen and what they had not, and so drifted about in ones or twos of crowds, telling one another that they were doing as men did. They drank at the tanks and made their water all muddy and then fought over it. And then they would all rush together in mobs and shout, There are none in the jungle so wise and so good and so clever and so strong and gentle as the banderlog. Then all would begin again, till they grew tired of the city and went back to the treetops, hoping that jungle people would notice them. Mowgli, who had been trained under the law of the jungle, did not like or understand this kind of life. The monkeys dragged him to the cold lairs in the late afternoon, and instead of going to sleep, as Mowgli would have done after a long journey, they joined hands and danced about and sang their foolish songs. One of the monkeys made a speech and told his companions that Mowgli's capture marked a new thing in the history of the banderlog, for Mowgli was going to show them how to weave sticks and canes together as protection against rain and cold. Mowgli picked up some creepers and began to work them in and out, and the monkeys tried to imitate, but very few minutes they lost interest and began to pull their friends' tails and jump up and down on all fours, coughing. "'I want to eat,' said Mowgli. "'I am a stranger in this part of the jungle. Bring me food or give me leave to hunt here.' Twenty or thirty monkeys bounded away to bring him nuts and wild pawpaws, but they fell to fighting on the road, and it was soon too much trouble to go back for what was left of the fruit. Mowgli was sore and angry as well as hungry, and he roamed through the empty city giving the strangers the hunting call from time to time, but no one answered him. 
and Mowgli felt that he had reached a very bad place indeed. All that Baloo said about the Banderlog is true, he thought to himself. They have no law, no hunting call, and no leaders. Nothing but foolish words and little picking thievish hands. So if I am starved or killed here, it will be all my own fault. But I must try to return to my own jungle. Baloo will surely beat me, but that is better than chasing silly rose leaves with the banderlog. But no sooner had he walked to the city wall than monkeys pulled him back, telling him he did not know how happy he was, and pinching him to make him grateful. He set his teeth and said nothing, but with the shouting monkeys on the terrace above and the red sandstone reservoirs that were half full of rainwater, there was a ruined summer house of white marble in the center of the terrace, built for the queen's dead a hundred years ago. The domed roof had half fallen in and blocked up the underground passage from the palace by which the queens used to enter, but the walls were made of screens of marble tracery. Beautiful, milk-white fretwork, set with agates and cornelians and jasper and lapis lazuli, and as the moon came up behind the hill, it shone through the openwork, casting shadows on the ground like a black velvet embroidery. Sore, sleepy, and hungry as he was, Mowgli could not help laughing when he saw the banderlog begin, twenty at a time, to tell him how great and wise and strong and gentle they were, how foolish he was to wish to leave them. We are great! We are free! We are wonderful! We are the most wonderful people in all of the jungle! We all say so, so it must be true, they shouted. Now, as you are a new listener and can carry our words back to the jungle people so that they must notice us in the future, we will tell you about our most excellent selves. Mowgli made no objection, and the monkeys gathered by the hundreds and hundreds on the terrace to listen to their own speakers singing the praises of the banderlog. And whenever a speaker stopped, for want of breath, they would all shout together, This is true! We all say so! Mowgli nodded and blinked and said yes when they asked him a question, and his head spun with the noise. Tabiqui the jackal must have been bitten by all these people, he said to himself, and now they have madness. Certainly this is the madness, for they never go to sleep. Now there is a cloud coming to cover that moon. If it were only a big enough cloud, I might try to run away in the darkness, but I am tired. The same cloud was being watched by two good friends in the ruined ditch below the city wall, Bagheera and Ka. Knowing well how dangerous the monkey people were in large numbers, did not wish to run any risks. The monkeys never fight unless they are a hundred to one, and few in the jungle care for those odds. I will go to the west wall, Ka whispered, and come down swiftly with a slope of the ground in my favor. They will not throw themselves upon my back in their hundreds, but... I know it, said Bagheera. Would that Baloo were here. We must do what we can. When the cloud covers the moon, I shall go to the terrace. They hold some sort of council there over the boy. Good hunting, said Ka, grimly, and guided away to the west wall, that happened to be the least ruin of any, and the big snake was delayed a while before he could find a way up the stones. The cloud hit the moon, and as Mowgli wondered what would come next, he heard Bagheera's light feet on the stone terrace. 
The Black Panther had raced up the slope and almost without a sound was striking. He knew better than to waste time in biting. Right and left among the monkeys who were seated around Mowgli in circles fifty and sixty deep, there was a howl of fright and rage. And then Bagheera tripped on the rolling, kicking bodies underneath him. A monkey shouted, There is only one here! Kill him! Kill! A scuffling mass of monkeys biting, scratching, tearing, and pulling closed over Bagheera, while five or six lay hold of Mowgli, dragged him up the wall of the summer house, and pushed him through the hole of the broken dome. A man-trained boy would have been badly bruised, for the fall was a good ten feet. But Mowgli fell as Baloo had taught him to fall and landed light. "'Stay there!' shouted the monkeys, "'till we have killed thy friend. Later we will play with thee if the poison people leave thee alive.' We be of one blood, ye and I, said Mowgli, quickly giving the snake's call. He could hear the rustling and hissing and the rubbish all around him, and he gave the call a second time to make sure. Down hoods all, said half a dozen low voices. Every ruin in India becomes sooner or later a dwelling place of snakes, and the old summer house was alive with cobras. Stand still, little brother, lest thy feet do us harm. Mowgli stood as quietly as he could, peering through the black open work and listening to the furious din of the fight round the black panther, the yells and chatterings and scuffings, and the Bagheera's deep hoarse cough as he backed and bucked and twisted and plunged under the heaps of his enemies. For the first time since he was born, Bagheera was fighting for his life. Baloo must be at hand. Bagheera would not have come alone, Mowgli thought and then he called aloud, To the tank, Bagheera! Roll to the water tanks! Roll and plunge! Get to the water! Bagheera heard, and the cry that told him Mowgli was safe gave him new courage. He worked his way desperately, inch by inch, straight to the reservoirs, hitting in silence. Then from the ruined wall nearest the jungle rose up the rumbling war shadow Baloo. The old bear had done his best, but he could not come before. Bagheera, he shouted, I am here. I climb, I haste. The stones slip under my feet. Wait my coming, O must infamous banderlog. He panted up the terrace only to disappear in the head in a wave of monkeys, but he threw himself squarely on his haunches, and spreading out his forepaws, he hugged as many of them as he could hold, and then began to hit with a regular bat, 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 like the flipping strokes of a paddle wheel. A crash and splash told Mowgli that Bagheera had fought his way to the tank, where the monkeys could not follow. The panther lay gasping for breath, his head just out of water, while the monkeys stood three deep on the red stone steps, dancing up and down with rage, ready to spring upon him from all sides if he didn't come out and help Baloo. It was then that Bagheera lifted up his dripping chin, in despair gave the snake's call for protection. We be of one blood, ye and I, for he believed that Ka had turned tail the last minute. Even Baloo, half smothered under the monkeys at the edge of the terrace, could not help chuckling as he heard the big panther asking for help. Ka had only just worked his way over the west wall, landing with a wrench that dislodged a copping stone into the ditch. He had no intention of losing any advantage of the ground and coiled and uncoiled himself once or twice, just to be sure that every foot of his long body was in working order. All that while the fight with Baloo went on, 
The monkeys yelled in the tank around Bagheera, and Mang the bat flying to and fro carried the news of the battle over the jungle, till even Hathai, the wild elephant, trumpeted far away. Scattered bands of monkey folk woke and came leaping along the tree roads to help their comrades in the cold lairs. The noise of the fight roused all the daybirds for miles around. Then Ka came straight and quickly, anxious to kill. The fighting strength of the python and the dying blow of his head, backed by all the strength and weight of his body. If you can imagine a lance, or a battering ram, or a hammer weighing nearly half a ton, driven by a cool, quiet mind living in the handle of it. You can imagine roughly what Ka was like when he fought. A python four or five feet long can knock a man down if he hits him squarely in the chest. And Ka was thirty feet long, as you know. His first stroke was delivered into the heart of the crowd around Baloo, and was sent home with a shut mouth in silence. There was no need for a second. The monkeys scattered with cries of, Ka! Ka! It's Ka! Run! Generations of monkeys had been scared into good behavior by the stories of their elders told them of Ka, the night thief, who could slip among the branches quietly as moss grows and steal away with the strongest monkey that ever lived. Of old Ka, who could make himself look so like a dead branch or a rotten stump that the wisest were deceived till the branch caught them, and then Ka was everything that the monkeys feared in the jungle, for none of them knew the limits of his power. None of them could look him in the face, and none had ever come alive out of his hug. So they ran, stammering with terror, to the walls, the roofs of houses, and Baloo drew a deep breath of relief. His fur was much thicker than Bagheera's, but he had suffered sorely in the fight. Then Ka opened his mouth for the first time and spoke one long hissing word. The faraway monkeys, hurrying to the defense of the cold lairs, stayed where they were, cowering, till the loaded branches bent and cracked underneath them. The monkeys on the walls and empty houses stopped their cries and in the stillness that fell upon the city, Mowgli heard Bagheera shaking his wet sides as he came up from the tank. Then the clamor broke out again. The monkeys leaped higher on the walls and clung round to the necks of the big stone idols and shrieked as they skipped along the battlements. While Mowgli, dancing in the summer house, put his eye to the screenwork, a hooted owl fashion between his front teeth, to show his derision and contempt. Get the man-cub out of that trap! I can do no more, Bagheera gasped. Let us take the man-cub and go. They may attack again. They will not move until I order them. Stay, you so, Ka hissed, and the city was silent once more. I could not come before, brother, but I think I heard the call. This was to Bagheera. I, I may have cried out in battle. Baloo, art thou hurt? Bagheera answered. I'm not sure they have pulled me into a hundred little bearlings, said Baloo, gravely shaking one leg after the other. Wow, I am sore. Ka, we owe thee. I think our lives, Bagheera and I. No matter. Where is the manling? Here, in a trap. I cannot climb out, cried Mowgli. The curve of the broken dome was above his head. Take him away. He dances like Mao the peacock. He will crush our young said the cobras inside. Ha! said Ka with a chuckle. He has friends everywhere, this manling. Stand back, manling, and hide you, O poison people, I break down the wall. 
palette carefully till he spotted the discolored crack in the marble tracery showing a weak spot, made two or three light taps with his head to get the distance, then lifting up six feet of his body clear off the ground, sent home a half-dozen full, power-smashing blows, nose first. The screenwork broke and fell away in a cloud of dust and rubbish, and Mowgli leaped through the opening and flung himself between Baloo and Bagheera, an arm around each big neck. Art thou hurt? said Baloo, hugging him softly. I'm sore and hungry, and not a little bruised, but, oh, they've handled me grievously, my brothers, ye bleed. Others also, said Bagheera, licking his lips and looking around at the monkey dead on the terrace and round the tank. It is nothing, nothing if thou art safe. Oh, my pride of all little frogs, whispered Baloo. Oof, that we shall judge later, said Bagheera, a dry voice that Mowgli did not at all like. But here is Ka, to whom we owe the battle and thou's life. Thank him according to our customs, Mowgli. Mowgli turned and saw the great python's head swaying a foot above his own. So this is the manling, said Ka. Very soft in his skin. He is not so unlike the banderlog. Have care, manling, that I do not mistake thee for a monkey some twilight when I have newly changed my coat. We be of one blood, thou and I. Mowgli answered, I take my life from thee tonight. My kill shall be thy kill, if ever thou art hungry, O Ka. All thanks, little brother, said Ka, his eyes twinkled. And what may so bold a hunter kill? I ask that I may follow when he next goes abroad. I kill nothing. I am too little. But I drive goats towards such as I can use them. When thou art empty, come to me, and see if I speak the truth. I have some skill in these, he held out his hands. And if ever art thou in a trap, I may pay the debt I owe to thee, to Bagheera, and to Baloo here. Good hunting ye, all my masters. Well said, growled Baloo, for Mowgli had returned thanks very prettily. And the python dropped his head lightly for a minute on Mowgli's shoulder. A brave heart and a courteous tongue, said he. They shall carry thee far through the jungle, manling. But now go hence quickly with thy friends. Go and sleep, for the moon sets, and what follows it is not well that thou shouldst see. <laughs>